Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, I spoke to uh, the actor playing Chick Hearn on Winning Time about some of the choices that they made, and then there was a lot else to it. So I'm going to play a quick clip from that. Um, that is his explanation on on some of the process that went into the way that they're portraying him. Uh, so you're going to enjoy that. And then Frank Vogel had an interesting statement about the Lakers and their general approach and the way that the roster is made up um, that echoes some of what David Fisdale has said and some of what a lot of people have said. And I find that I found that really enlightening now that he is is echoing it as well. And as the Lakers kind of sort of turn things around, what Frank Vogel said and how that has a role in the Lakers, hopefully maybe just maybe turning it around. Let's start with the quick clip here from uh, the Anthony Irwin show. Uh, again, Spencer Garrett was really, really nice with his time, really candid on on the topic of the especially the 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 verb and the verbal choices that Chick Hearn has made so far in the series and kind of what it's where things might be heading as well. So you're going to enjoy the entirety of the conversation. But I asked him, hey, like, what is the process and how did this all work out that this was some of the choices that have been made uh, with a Lakers icon? I found out not long before we shot the pilot that my agent was Chick's agent for 40 years. Oh, wow. So uh, Harry Abrams, who's sort of a legendary guy, and he put me in touch with Chick's granddaughter. Uh, I reached out to her and I spent a couple of hours with her having lunch. And she just told me stories about her grandfather and showed me pictures and all that. So I got to kind of familiarize myself with her and 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 uh, and her and her take on what her grandfather was like and and what he was like as a family man and a husband and a father and all Mm -hmm. of those things that hopefully we're going to see if there's a season two, hopefully we'll see further down the line. But I, I wanted to do justice to him. I wanted, I wanted to kind of honor his legacy. Um, so I, I have conversations with the writers, you know, maybe he would do this, maybe he wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, you just, you have to, you have to do what the writers write on the page and then bring your own particular take on it as well. and, And hopefully find a nice balance. I really hope you guys check out the rest of that episode. It, we go in a little bit deeper to, to on that subject and, and uh, the times at which Chick Hearn was saying some of these things. And he did. He, he did, you know, screw up a couple times in regards to uh, some casual racism and some, you know, offhanded homophobia. So that, that is in Chick Hearn's history, just like it's there for almost every person who was born in 1916. Uh, so, so check out the rest of that episode. And we don't spend our entire time on that. We actually get into some of what he found the most fun parts of, of portraying Chick Hearn, uh, what he looked forward to the most, his preparation for calling games as he is going to as the series goes along, and then some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that we, may not, we might not have known about Chick uh, that that the series is going to bring to light as well. All right, now uh, with that behind us, so Frank Vogel was asked about the Lakers as a roster and some of the little things that they don't necessarily uh, do all the time, and and they have started doing more of recently as they pl- 
play better now, whether it's, you know, some better closeouts, whether it's box outs, whether it's um, actually setting screens, all of that good stuff. Here's what Frank Vogel had to say about that quote. Well, I think you have to stay on top of everyone. Um, but we have a group put together this year where some of our better players have had dirty work guys around them, so they've been able to shortcut things here and there. But when you have a collection of them together, they have to do the dirty work things themselves. And they haven't always done that as consistently as they can. It's just something that we're challenging our guys throughout the year. Um, it, look, I, I, David Fisdale, again, has said this in the past about this roster. You have a lot of guys who, and I, look, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this to pick on Russell Westbrook, um, and this is the case with LeBron too, where for both of those guys' teams over the years, their team was better off if everybody else around them boxed out and those guys got the rebound because that automatically starts a normally very efficient uh, transition set. And on this team, though, when both those guys are out there together and they're surrounded by you know Malik Monk, who isn't really good at boxing out, they Dwight Howard has been the closest thing to somebody who does those little things in terms of boxing out, but he's been up and down throughout the year. And then you have, you know, occasionally Carmelo Anthony playing out there. That's not his strong suit. And and it's just you kind of go throughout this roster, and there aren't enough little things, guys, uh, that allow you, you know, the little things wind up being the mortar that is between the, the bricks as you try to fortify a good season and, and, a, and a good roster. And when you don't have that mortar, ask anybody who's ever tried to build a brick wall without mortar, <laughs> it's pretty susceptible to falling over. And that's what we have kind of seen over and over again, where these attempts at rebounds, they wind up falling over because not enough guys are doing the little things that would allow Russ or allow LeBron to get up. They basically, those guys have kind of learned over the years, I'm just going to walk to the front of the rim and the key is going to be kind of cleared out around me. And that works if that's actually how everybody is approaching it. But when those two guys are walking to the front of the rim on these rebounds with their hands kind of down by their sides and they're just ignoring the person who they who they should be boxing out, uh, there are a lot of clacks, uh, cracks for, for all of these offensive rebounds to slip through. So uh, I find it really enlightening that this is something that Frank has said they have challenged the guys on throughout the season. And, you know, look, the sample size at this point would indicate that the vast majority of times these guys aren't interested in, in, in doing those little things. And it's going to be something that they're going to continue to have to be challenged to do, uh, even when Anthony Davis gets back. And whether or not they're able to do those things or, or interested in doing those things might kind of sort of to define what they're capable of, not just for the rest of this regular season, but obviously moving forward if they want to do so. This also kind of gets back to what we have been talking about for the entirety of the season, dating back to when this roster was put together. This was something that, look, there are some things over the course of the season that somebody else will, will notice and I'll say, huh, that's, that's a really good note. I'll take a note of that for myself, and I'll try to, to add it to uh, my category of, of the analysis that I offer you guys over the course of the season. Um, not, not, it's, it's, it's not too often that I'll hear a bit of analysis and I'll say, I never would have thought of that. I can't believe I didn't think of that. 
And one thing that I'm really kicking myself for was not identifying this as the roster was being put together, where you have so many former All-Stars and so many future Hall of Famers and and all of these things that you hear announcers kind of breathlessly allude to as they're getting ready to to uh, watch one of these games. But this is, you know, those little things are incredibly important. And when you've had a roster, when you had a championship roster filled with guys who were willing to do those little things and allow LeBron and allow Anthony Davis to be the best versions of themselves, then that's kind of the best working relationship between star and role player. But when you have a bunch of former stars who aren't used to being role players, it gets really difficult to learn at that stage of their careers uh, something that they have maybe literally never had to think about. So heading into this offseason, I really do hope that anybody responsible for putting this team together will think a little bit more about roster and fit in those things and maybe move on from, yeah, but former all-star. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Make sure you guys check out that Anthony Irwin episode uh, where Spencer was just incredibly fun to talk to, uh, candid in places that I was asking for candor, and and very gracious with his time. Um, so so check that out as well. Um, and then we have you know a game tonight that we'll be breaking down as well. The Lakers are on national TV, so it'll be a pressure cooker, hopefully involving pressure. Um, as the Lakers face the Philadelphia 76ers. So until then, until whenever I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.